everyone and welcome back to the Real Film Podcast. Uh, this is towards the end of our spooky season. Uh, one of the films we were going to discuss, The Orphanage, may or may not exist as an actual film. Um, does not exist. So, this week we're talking about ghost stories. I'm your host Rob, I'm joined by Matt. Hello. And Guff. Hello. You should have How's said everyone? There. You should have said there. And then they're like, hello. Yeah, <laughs> hello mm-hmm. there. I'll edit that. I'll just yeah, do that. edit it like that in, yeah. the, in the edit. Yeah. yeah. Um, is everyone good? Enjoying lockdown too? Electric wriggling. My life hasn't changed for the last eight months. Um, I have been in the same room. I have not left. <laughs> Ask, get help. Same get help. help. <laughs> no, I am. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the same as I have been. So it makes um, absolutely no difference to me. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I wasn't going to that many restaurants or bars anyway, but I was just getting into going to the gym tonight, innit? it? I was like, Oh, were you? Yeah, I'm going to get hench, and now I'm like, No, I'm not. I, I reckon it is all a ploy from Bojo because he, he fears for the powerful being you could be yeah. if you went to the gym. I think he was. Uh, he was like, like, shut it down! Shut it down! Shut it down! Shut it all down at whatever cost. Ha ha ha! We're going to lock down to... That's a little editing joke for people who are listening to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, so we're talking about ghost stories. Um, I remember seeing this in the cinema, uh, like, whenever it came out, three years ago, four years ago? Two years ago, wasn't it? Three years ago? Oh, three, sorry. Three years ago. This is... uh, It's based on the stage play of the same name by um, Andy Nyman and Jeremy Dyson. Um, I had no real i i had no idea it was a stage play it's apparently quite a famous one i, I didn't i knew it was that. but i didn't really know much about it i just knew it was supposed to be terrifying and good yeah i'd I, actually really interested to see how this works as a stage play because it does feel quite obviously quite theatrical yeah um, it's like obviously translated really well i remember seeing this cinema and i absolutely loved it mm. uh, i i think this could possibly be the first horror film i've actively was like yeah i'm gonna go and watch that and like went to the cinema and watch it i don't think i've actually ever seen another horror film in the cinema or, or if i have it wasn't my choice what? Yeah. i was gonna say what were you, you gonna say get like really close horror? to the mic there <laughs> i'm just not a big fan of horror films as we've made very clear across this series so i think like i think maybe i've been to a couple <laughs> with like groups of friends when they've been like oh let's go and watch this thing and i've been like all right finally let's go <laughs> but this was the one where i was like yeah i'm actually gonna go and watch that, and I don't really know why. I mean, like the trailer, I watched the trailer again, and I was like, Yeah, the trailer looks good, but I don't know what it was in particular that made me go, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna go to the cinema and I wonder if it was watch like, that. I thing. wonder if it was like Martin Freeman, Potentially, like, yeah, I do like Martin. I, I think I felt that way, which is like, Oh, this is like a cast of and and um, is it Harry Enfield? No, what's his no. name? Paul Whitehouse, sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like it was him in being in a horror, and it was Martin Freeman in a horror that I was like, "Oh, that looks really interesting." And like, I found, I think for me personally, like British horrors, I, th- I think I tend to enjoy them more because they they tend to stay within the actual horror genre from a scary perspective. Well, a lot of American horrors try and do the whole popcorn flick thing as well, so like a lot of them are like horror actions if you will you know like you slasher films and and things like that you find that they're a lot less suspenseful and this one really did give off like a really spooky vibe from like the trailer and stuff so i I remember thinking like i think if i see like a trailer for like a british horror that's clearly not like a an indie film or like a low budget film not that i wouldn't see any of those things as well but like i think seeing the cast and seeing that it was clearly like obviously a a pretty well fairly well uh, produced British horror film, I was like, absolutely sign me up. Because I feel like British horror films are really underrated. Yeah, I think the thing is, well, like, horror films don't need a massive budget to be really successful. Like, yeah, you just need a location, good camera work, good lighting, like, an interesting premise. And, like, I really, really enjoy this film. Obviously, again, very limited horror film kind of um, experience. But I think what I like about it and what, like, works for, for me and we kind of touched on it why other ones don't work for me as much is like all this feels like quite character driven and quite personal rather than just mm. here's some characters and they're facing something scary it's like all from what i remember of it like all the characters feel like it's they the 
horror element is born through some kind of personal experience and and some other thing, some backstory, some subtext that's going on within their within their life and everything. Um, well, shall we talk about the actual plot? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just want to say generally why, why I like it, kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, well, kind of what you're saying does kind of feed obviously quite heavily into the plot and full spoilers for ghost stories. Ooh, um, spoilers. But like, it kind of starts out like this. Um, Andy Diamond's character is a Jewish professor guy, and like this is something actually I didn't notice first time around so much. Um, actually, I'll, I'll go into that later. Actually, it kind of feeds in a bit better later on. Um, but he's like an anti. Uh, well, he's sort of a skeptic. I don't know what he's a professor of exactly because I don't think you get professorships in debunking ghost, ghost stories yeah. but his, like his whole thing is thing and a professor like i don't know because he seems like he's an actual academic yeah. but um yeah he's a sort of a paranormal investigator i guess and he goes around and sort of debunks all these uh sort of myths and there's a bit at the start where he's sort of exposing a fraud on stage um and then he's sort of there's this guy he um something cameron this old sort of uh, charles cameron that's it um this guy who inspired him as a boy um presumed dead sort of calls him up to investigate three cases that he couldn't solve um and andy nyman also his character also puts forward the idea that he's a skeptic because his dad was this sort of heavily sort of jewish um man who basically ruined his family life by all you know i think his, his daughter's like excommunicated or something for dating an asian guy and he sort of hates all these sort of superstitions around sort of religion uh sort of ruined his life for his and that's kind of his reasoning for being a, a skeptic i guess um but I guess we can jump to the end because it's kind of going to inform our whole discussion on the film, I suppose. It then turns out that all these stories and stuff are all in his head and he tries to commit suicide and he's got locked-in syndrome, uh, which is was a pretty big gut punch. I remember when I first watched this, actually. Um, yeah, I just... It, generally quite horrible to watch. Yeah, I remember like watching that whole end sequence like from the point where... Um, because uh, what's the sorry the old investigator guy called uh, uh charles cameron charles cameron like he sat there talking to him and then he just like pulls off this like prosthetic mm. mask mm-hmm. and it's like martin freeman who like 10 minutes earlier has like killed himself and you just like from that point on for, like, for, like the rest of that like bit you just like what is happening what is like mm. what is real like is he having a mental breakdown what just like like couldn't believe it and then by the end you're just like oh this is so sad and just just like depressing and it, it's it's a strange thing just to like end a film on such a just mm. <laughs> negative kind of oh yeah the you know the human mind is the horror all along sort of thing and he's just trapped like that's the real horror him just being trapped in his bed and people going yeah he's just a vegetable leave him to it kind of let's move it's on a, it's such thing. a clever point though isn't yeah. it like that i think about the whole film like what i really enjoy about particularly like the first sort of i guess like three quarters before it takes that transition into being something other than just paranormal hunting sort of thing is that there is like that level of skepticism which you don't often see in horror films everyone's so quickly to believe that something is paranormal in horror films and i think that's often why i sort of get a disconnect from them but then like yeah it's like how there's a point also, you know, the mind sees what it wants to see. He says it quite early on, like, and it says quite a few times. And yeah, that's yeah. really a really kind of clever thing to be like, the horror is exactly what you make of it. And this one incident in his life, and the incident in his life is this uh, kid basically gets, I assume some sort of special needs. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what exactly what he had, but he also had asthma, um, clearly some sort of learning difficulties. And he's bullied into basically going down the tunnel and he dies in the tunnel. And um, his name's Goodman, isn't it? The mate, Professor Goodman. Yeah, yeah. He's, he does nothing, basically, to stop it from happening. And he's lived with this residual guilt, which is presumably why he tried to kill himself. But also, the the horror and the trauma comes from his real-life experiences, which I think is just a really clever a really clever way of telling the story and showing that different sort of horror elements. Hmm. Yeah, I am... Um, I, like, you described it then as a gut punch, Matt, but it's like... Or I, I can't. Remember, it might be Rob actually, but like one of you described it as a gut punch, and like I, I did definitely feel that way. I, I, I did feel a little bit disappointed when it first was revealed, only a smidge, because I quite liked the nature of these. Like I, 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 I am into like supernatural horror, and I they're the ones I sort of prefer, and I do like traditional sort of ghost story films. Um, I like haunted on Hill House and the others and things like that. 
so I think when I went into this and I was like, oh, this is like a really cool mix of, um, you know, stories. Because there was that one that was a bit, you know, there's like the lad who's paranoid because, you know, he feels like he's coming in contact with like a demon. And that whole sequence is really, really good. Um, and, you know, you have this actual sort of ghost story with um, Paul Whitehouse being the security guard. And then you obviously have this sort of poltergeist one with Martin Freeman. And I was I was really sort of invested in those stories. But again, from... I think that's what makes it really... I, I, I'm not saying it's a bad film by any means, because I think that is what makes it an incredible horror film. Because um, it almost leaves you with... Well, it left me with a feeling of unsatisfaction, not just because, like you say, it's a melancholy ending, but I was like, ah... Oh, I never saw how those stories played out because they weren't real. Like, it was yeah. almost like I'd got invested in Paul Whitehouse's story and Martin Freeman's story and and things like that. I mean, I suppose Martin Freeman's story did end as soon as he killed himself, so it was one of those where it was like, oh, God. Um, but it was... It, it There was, like, an unsatisfaction left in me, so it was, like, it was like another layer of a... Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if you go into a horror film and it makes you feel uncomfortable, it's normally... Um, deliberate, but then if the film ends shit, it's just usually because of like bad filmmaking or bad writing that it's sort of like an unsatisfactory ending. While this, it was like it left me uncomfortable and it left me feeling unsatisfied, but in a way that was very deliberate. And I was like, it it left me with a really like interesting feeling that I've not had from a film before, um, or not from a horror film at least that I can remember, um. So it's like it's definitely an incredibly memorable film for me because I think the only thing that at first when I thought about it was I I don't necessarily I think I'm a bit bored of fake out endings and that's not because and I think this film does it very very well and I think um, I think there's other films I don't want to like say spoilers for other films but there is other films out there that have done this similar story very well where it's like the idea of someone playing out a fantasy and you know sort of living through trauma through you know sort of hallucinations and things like that there's definitely been films like that before and films that have pulled it off really really well and films that haven't but i think there's been that many films that have not done it well and i've seen i feel like i've seen it quite a few times that when it was like it was all in his head i was like oh, yeah that's the ending yeah. and i was a little bit I was a little bit like, ah, oh, right, okay. I, I suppose it is like, it's one of those things that it's a shame so many people have done it badly because mm. when it's done well, it kind of feels a bit more tropey than it should feel. Do you know, yeah. like if it was like, wasn't done a lot and when it was done, it was just done really well. But I think bad filmmakers use it to think that they're doing a clever ending. And it's like, it can yeah. be a clever ending like, with, like in this because it isn't just like he's been to these three different places and investigated them and then they're just three random things and it's like no it was all in his head Woo! Yeah. because like they all link into his past and his psyche and his you know the subtext of his whole life they all kind of link in so it is this kind of thing of his you know that is a clever level of it to it there but it, as you say it has been done so like yeah. badly kind of in the past and and then because i know this is quite like divisive this film in terms of if people like the ending or not and i suppose it is that thing of going if you're probably really really into horror you probably are a bit like oh no that's i was kind of into yeah. like all these horror kind of elements and stuff um uh, but i want to go back to something like rob said a little earlier about like the the protagonist is instantly um a skeptic of like the supernatural which is I suppose you do get in some horror films, but quickly they are like, oh no, it is real. Oh my God, yeah, yeah, stuff's happening, yeah. stuff's happening. Like, yeah, uh, I was so close minded to believe Yeah, and I'm this, like, oh my God, yeah, there is a ghost. Could, but like with this, he's. Like, yes, people who believe in science are close minded. Yeah, it's like throughout the whole thing, he's like very skeptical and he's always like, yeah, that didn't happen. That was, you know, you. Like with the first bit where he's like, well, you, that's you projecting your relationship with your daughter kind of in and you know you're in this spooky place and you just start seeing things like trick of the light and you know all that sort of stuff um so kind of like from an audience perspective we're always like on his side i suppose because we see everything apart from like the flashbacks when they're telling their stories from his perspective because 
it's all in his head but like we always see it from him so we're kind of sat there going automatically kind of taking his side i suppose i've I found myself doing that anyway of going like oh yeah there's going to be an explanation for this this is what's going to be happening um but the horror bits were still scary which i think is quite impressive because kind mm. of in a normal horror film when you watch and you kind of go in i suppose with like the fact of going within this world this stuff that happening is real so you kind of mm. switch off that like you know spend your disbelief just get involved in it and it's scary like for us to be in a position where the main character is like yeah none of this is real and that's how it's all framed to us but still be scary and creepy i think is like quite in like quite impressive how it can switch between like going oh this is generally scary to have seen of him going but that didn't happen though did it do you know what i mean it's kind of, i find that quite impressive and quite interesting like, it, take oh. on it all well yeah like that's that's I suppose, like you say, that that is that thing where it's like it feels more um, grounded and feels more like real life. Because like I've I've had friends tell me about like ghostly experiences, and I and I like sort of relaying them. You know, like <laughs> like we we had we had a friend at college who like had a couple of like spooky stories, and they have a friend who has like a pretty spooky story about something that happened to them. And I tell people that story all the time because it like it is really sort of like fun to like tell those stories and like they're not it's not like they're too traumatizing so i don't feel like i'm being a dick when i tell them but they are just like little spooky encounters um but i think it is because in real life it is framed obviously as fiction and there is an explanation for everything while like you say like in other horror films you are you so quickly absorbed into the fact that even from you know like even if you've seen the trailer to the film say for example Friday the 13th, which I've been watching a few of them recently, it's like this whole idea that, like, you know Freddy's going to be killing people. Um, you know... <laughs> he's going to be killing sorry, people, you know, okay? <laughs> you know he's, he's going to be killing people. Killing. <laughs> he got, he's going to be killing He's got for kills. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, you know he's going to be killing people. Um, so it's, it's that thing where y- you... You know, when the characters are like, oh, none of this is real. It's all a campfire story. Like, you, you, you obviously never believe it. And it's like, obviously, a lot of films are framed that way, where you know monsters or ghosts are going to be involved and they're a real thing. But like you say, in the trailer, it, like, the only things that were in the film are, well, it's, it's all the stuff that's in the film and it's being recounted by someone else. It's never been experienced by the actual protagonist. So there is that level of doubt that you that you can afford to have the same way the, the protagonist has. And it's like, I think that's what makes it creepier, like you say, like like that Paul Whitehouse segment is so scary. Mm. Like I genuinely, I was like watching that and like I was um I was I was genuinely like really creeped out and like I, the, even the scene with um you might have to like I don't know if either of you know the actor's name. I know he's in End of the Fucking World, um, which is supposed to be a really good series. Um, oh, but yeah. the the young lad, the young lad, he's in uh, Black Mirror as well, isn't yeah. he? Yes, yeah. Um, but he's like he's really he's fantastic. Is that that episode? I didn't know. I've never. I've not seen. Him, I've heard of that episode. I just never never knew it was him. Alex Lawther, he's called. Ah, um, yeah. He uh, he's a fantastic actor. Like he's he's brilliant in this as well. Always like, plays just... weirdos though, man. Oh, like I've never seen him play like a normal <laughs> person because like he's dead weird in um, the end of the fucking world as well. So I'm just like yeah. he never just plays normal people. <laughs> yeah. He might one day. Who knows? Maybe that'll be that's 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 his um, that's him like breaking the norm. Yeah. He, he's normal. It's Everyone's like, there like, when's he going to turn weird in this? Yeah, is <laughs> your werewolf? Yeah. Is your werewolf? <laughs> when does he die? When does he die and come back and be a weirdo? Um, no, yeah, yeah, he, uh, he's. I think he's fantastic in this. Like the oh, level yeah, of paranoia is, yeah. and like it really, you really are like fearful. Like I was like genuinely afraid of his house like because of just like the way it's framed like the shots around the corner like the his sort weird of... parents as well like yeah, his parents just yeah don't yeah. turn around and then there's a bit also in in the house where which i completely forgot about where like uh goodman goes to like the wrong room or something and there's clearly like mm. someone in there or something but it's like dark and then he, he asks uh the young kid about it later on he's like oh who's up there and he's like oh in my brother's room so like, oh is your brother still live at home he's like no one's there and he's like but he's like no one's there and it's like there's just yeah. weird little bits like that which just aren't explained but just really adds to like how creepy it is. Well, that's and it. it. And I suppose like, in, in some ways, I suppose like, that's why the ending does manage to just get away with doing shit like that because it is just like, it's all in his head. 
And I suppose it is like actually a because like again like if you would have seen that and it would never have paid off, you might have been like, yeah, but who was in that room? Do you know yeah, what I mean? If it was yeah. all real, it was like, yeah, but who was in that room though? I saw, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I, I saw like a really interesting thing because I was watching like a bit of a um, review on it before of like how there's never people in these places he goes to. There's like the person he's interacting with, and then that's pretty much it like mm. in the first bit where he sat down um talking to um what's it called paul whitehouse they're in like an empty pub and then like with oh. alex slaughter he goes to his house and you kind of see his parents but you don't see the faces i don't think i think they've got the backs yeah you just see them in the background so you just like, see them like, the like, there but you don't but you really think see. they're weird you think they're gonna be possessed or something yeah, weird yeah, or they're not real or something weird that and then um with the Martin Freeman one, they're in his empty house and you never see his weird like baby and they're just out walking on the moors and you don't see anybody else. And it's kind of this thing, it's that kind of thing of him being like, you know, he's, these three characters are kind of part of himself over the over his life and his brain's kind of not fabricating other people around it, which I think is quite like cool. And like a detail I didn't pick up on until like I saw someone else talking about it. You could have passed it off as your own point. Yeah, I could have done. Respect well, I know, but I've already, talk, I've already said I've, I've, not, I've not watched it since it came out, so I thought there would have been a strange detail to have really specifically remembered. I do wonder if that's like a, a nice little nod as well to uh, the stage play, like the idea that you yeah, wouldn't yeah. have supporting cast, you would like just make it up the background, you would just probably have the two actors in the scene. Um, mm. But like you say, it, it creates like a weird... Uh, well, being consistent there my waveforms now because my mic's got a bit quiet um yeah like there's a uh there's such a weird isolating feeling that like yeah i didn't even realize but i, I suppose it, but it just adds all these like spooky vibes it, I, I think it's like i think that's the thing that like really impresses me about this is because even though i'm a bit i'm a bit um and ahhing about the ending I, 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 I don't know if i do like her i don't know if i don't i think it works for the film absolutely i think it 100 percent works for it um but the actual spookiness of the film, I think, is so well done. Like it's such a, such an incredibly clever use of all these tropes, um, and they don't ever feel hammy. They don't ever feel uh, fake. They don't ever feel, um, yeah, they just don't ever feel cheap. Like they, they always feel like the, the, the. I don't know. They just land. They just stick the landing. Yeah, and so you can tell like, really he's like a classic it. horror guy. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think I read like, a lot of he... interviews with him at the time, and he's like, yeah, I just love these classic horror films, and I just want to sort of pay homage to that while also kind of doing his own spin. Like, yeah, yeah. So well, like, we talk about feeling cheap as well. Like, I think the end could have felt really cheap. Like, oh, oh yeah. it's all in his head. And I think, like, it just, like, for me, landed it, like, perfectly. Because if you explain it, it to you, yeah. it sounds shit. <laughs> like, it, yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. all in his head, and he's a. Uh, locked in it's the execution though like it just how, off. how sort of like much they lean into like the stage play aspects like i really want to see the stage play um but like the idea of like that that scene where he like just tears off i can't remember what it is but is it like a brick wall and he tears it off he's in the caravan yeah in the caravan oh yes, like, yes, he, he, the caravan so he tears his back. face off and then like tears the wall down and then he's like in this like this that transition kind of... from like the real the real world from what he thinks is the real world into the hospital is so scary, and yeah. I don't know if you remember it, but like the guy who the kid who dies in the tunnel is like back, but is a zombie, it's, yeah, and he's doing this like manic, like sort of laughing, oh, scream. For me, that's like the, the creepiest bit of the whole thing. He's just, and he's yeah. sort of leading down this corridor into a bed, and it's so the transition from that to the hospital bed is just so good for me. I think that's what lands it. It's 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 so breakneck as well. Like yeah. do you know what I mean, like it just goes from. And again, like not in an awful way, not in a cheap way, or in, in a way that makes you go, "Wait, what?" Like, well, it does make you go, "Like, wait, what?" But not in a way that's like, "Oh, I hate this." Yeah. Oh, I, I don't think anyway. No, no. But it is just that thing of going from he's a paranormal investigator to this, none of this is real, and it's like it's straight away. It just snaps into it as soon as that, because even like the the face being pulled away, mm. like you can go, "Wait, what's yeah. happening here?" But as soon as they. Like, because it like completely breaks reality, the idea of him pulling down the back of the caravan and they're in like yeah. an outdoor area. And it's like, what the... It's like so warping all of a sudden. You're like, Jesus Christ, yeah. what's going on? Because I think at first yeah. you, you kind of like... 
he's pulling some mental practical joke like mm. it's all been planned well, like because i remember thinking you probably like, don't remember it sorry just to add to that there's a there's a quickly there's a bit you probably don't remember where he says uh oh can we cut he says oh can we cut and he like looks towards he doesn't look look down the camera but he's like oh can we cut and mike frames character's like what do you think is going on here and it's a really like interesting moment because obviously he's does he, I don't know. He doesn't think he's doing a documentary or something, but he says like, "Can we cut?" As if yeah, it's just he's he just wants to get out of whatever is happening because he's so freaked out by it. That's weird. I but, I, I vaguely remember that. No, I don't remember that. It's um, really interesting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like this is because I think at that point when he takes the thing off, I think it it's almost like he's kind of getting some comeuppance because like I know he's he thinks he's being a good guy, like going around being like I'm debunking these mystics and all these people and showing them up because they deserve to be showed up because they're preying on people but like he isn't a very likable person and he does it in quite oh, a no. he's very smug like, isn't he? yeah like a really smug kind of horrible way where because I, I think i can't remember what happens but there's a scene isn't it, where he goes onto the stage of someone and like there's a woman there who's getting like comforted the start, yeah. by like the well the, the, the guy's the, been fed information yeah for yeah. an earpiece um, but it's about- like yeah, but it's like making her feel comforted and you kind of like, is he doing the right thing there? Like if that makes her like be able to have just a, be a bit more, like a bit happier and like, is he doing the right thing there by going, it's all yes, fake? Yes, like, yeah. yeah. I know, but you know, do you know what I mean? It makes you question because <laughs> no, the I know woman you like, yeah. you know, like I, I think she like starts crying and she just wants like to believe that that's real and get a bit of, you know, fake kind of, thingy so like i was kind of like is it a prank is someone like going to him like see how do how like you you taking people for like doing all this and it's not nice and you need to be punished because you're doing it and then suddenly pulls that thing down you're like nope there's something else is going on here like Mm -hmm. i think that's what's good about it like it keeps you guessing but it and it does do like a complete like right angle turn immediately but you kind of just go with it and you don't ever feel too much like oh this is gone too far too quickly it like you do you do feel it, like strapped in and yeah. like like without sounding too much of a a-level film student but like the idea that you're a <laughs> like you're strapped in the bed the same way he's strapped in the bed oh, just being led down the deep. corridor um no but do you know what i mean like yeah. it does feel like you don't have a chance to take mm. in what's going on and it does you know what it sort of reminds me of actually like and that's a, like what you just said there was actually a great uh sort of point it reminds me of maybe going on one of those like horror tours or like the idea you know like when you're uh like the idea of those like haunted houses that you go through and you just have to sort of make your way to the end but there's like all these sort of like ghouls and things in the way it feels a little bit like that where it's like you don't get a chance to stop it fe- it's a bit like a ghost train i suppose like you're just on this continuous track and you just have to get to the end um and it won't stop moving that's what the end feels like like you just you sort of just put on this journey with, with the what's his name? What's the character's name? Like the lead again? Uh, Goodman. 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 You're just on his. Philip. Just Goodman. on his. Um, you're just on the ride with him, and it's it's so, like topsy turvy and so like disorienting that you're just like, right. Well, I guess yeah. I guess this is it. I guess we're here. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're just watching this. I happen. think like what's great about it, like you said before, Gus, like none of this is real, and obviously none of it is physically real, but it's all obviously based on his own life experiences which yeah. makes it kind of more real than any horror film i've ever watched like for me personally watching it because it's just it's yeah. literally the trauma of a one event in his life and like watching it again i think you obviously like i spotted so many things that are just that then come up again at the end and i think the scene at the end is really effective with the tunnel um and what's his name callahan i can't really they called him kojak or something weren't they um like I've written down a few things like there's num the numbers like appear everywhere yeah throughout yeah. the whole thing uh the plastic Which bag numbers? that he drops there's numbers in so the thing like the way they trick the kid into going into the yeah. tunnel is they say walk down the tunnel and find a tenth number and there isn't a tenth number so you just obviously just keep oh. walking um but like the numbers he reads out are like kind of dotted around and like there's a really good bit where Martin Freeman's character opens his shotgun shed which apparently is a thing that people have um in the middle of nowhere um and all the numbers are like on the door and there's loads of little things like that that i noticed um and one thing actually that i didn't notice the first time um so there's a bit so that bit at the end with the tunnel 
is being like um, laughed at for being a Jew, basically, and there's loads of like anti-Semitism around that bit, and they're calling that Jew face, Jew face. And one thing that I didn't notice first time was that there's a lot of like casual racism in it. So Paul Whitehouse's character, yeah, he's a one is horrible to see a really unpleasant Paul Whitehouse because if anyone's watched Gone Fishing with Bob Mortimer, <laughs> he's a lovely man, and this is really means really horrible to see him like as this just like you, you know typical Brexit boomer. Yeah. He's blaming immigrants for everything. He's he's like slagging off his Russian friends. So there's like this, this undercurrent of racism, and then there's also a bit where Mike Freeman's character says, "Oh, you people are like that about money or something like that," and he's like, "What do you mean, you people?" And it's something I didn't notice before, but obviously, like, it just feeds into like his character, and they're all very personal experiences to him. Um, but yeah, the racism one's not something I picked up on first time. That's like, I think I picked up on it on like. I think I definitely picked up on it, obviously contextually, but uh, uh, yeah, no, like as in in the context of like the characters that are saying it, you know, like Paul, yeah, yeah, Paul Whitehouse being, you know, sort of like a bit of a boom, like you say, and um, not saying all boomers are racist. That's not a statement I'm making. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it sort of feeds into the character that he is, that you know, he is that kind of person, and 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 we we unfortunately meet people like that in the real world, especially in Britain. Um, there are people very much like that. But then as well, like you say, like almost it feeds into Martin Freeman's character of just being this like big, rich, sort of silver spoon person where maybe, you know, he looks down on other people and has these really, has these like sort of hidden bigoted views that he doesn't realise are bigoted. Um, but yeah, like I never re- even thought of it in the context of his trauma um, of that moment. It, it is, I really want to rewatch it actually. It's a really, it is a really clever film. Like I really yeah. did like it. So I, I noticed um, a lot more. Yeah. Second time. I think I think that is that thing though. It's like, I suppose like I suppose in in a lot of ways that is the thing. It's like obviously like you said, he's very inspired by classic horrors. I think because I also really enjoy like a classic horror film. I am. Um, I, I think that's just what I was expecting. So I think it's that whole thing where you, it maybe doesn't feel very good when you expect something and don't get it. Mm-hmm. So maybe on a rewatch I'll enjoy it more. But I do remember really it's not that I, I didn't enjoy it i did really enjoy it i think it, again it just left me with like almost like a an unsatisfied sort of feeling in terms mm. of those stories because i think i was invested in those stories you know the ones that are told and again that is the really clever thing of it yeah. but it very much feels like a stage play like i think like especially the end i think that ending so so feels like a a, a a stage play. Yeah, I mean, really clever part like, of that. down at the backdrop. But. Yeah, and you also have um, obviously all the characters who are in the stories are also characters like in this hospital bed. Like characters play more than like, actors play more than one role. Is obviously yeah. quite a big stage thing as well. Absolutely, I'd, I'd absolutely love to see this mm. in like stage. It'd be amazing, yeah. Yeah, because I think that's like another thing that I'm like really interested in. It's like a woman in black. I really want to see like the stage play of that because it's like the idea of doing a theatre horror. It almost feels like because I really like gothic and sort of old timey horrors as well. Like especially, you know, you look at like sort of the woman in black, and you think of like, you know, that sort of old Victorian esque sort of horror. Like they're quite creepy. Yeah. Um, and I feel like stuff like that really lends to it. I, I really like sort of almost the the use of like the moors and stuff in this film. Yeah. I know that's not really like there's because like I think that's really sort of nice thing about British horror is that when you see stuff like this, this is completely from a, an aesthetic perspective, but you can tell a British horror like with things like that, like the Moors because like they're obviously so British looking like the you can tell where you are in that and they are scary places like yeah. the idea of just big patches of land that are quite wild yeah, like yes. it's they can be quite creepy in general there's a lot of real life stories involving murderers well yeah that's what I mean I suppose like British as well like the Moors murders and stuff like that it's just like oh yeah it's not, uh, yeah that, well that's what I mean like I've, I've known about them since obviously yeah, I was a kid it's like, so, like a creepy like, thing it, it's, they're, they're very scary places in, in a lot of ways Um, so I think seeing them is like a really good like uh sort of aesthetic that you just don't get in a lot of horror films because a lot of horror films are are just in America like I think it's um it's really cool yeah and I, it's cool that it's not um sorry I, no, like sorry. a lot of horror films are like in isolated places like you almost get yeah, comfort yeah. um in uh I, I, I sort of use this to describe Haunted on Hill House I, I brought this up a lot <clears throat> over this season but it is one of my favourite horrors but like 
I really like horrors that break the safety. So like you you often have like the idea that like if there's like a, a ghost film or like I, w- I watched the Babadook recently, which is a really good horror film. Um, but that it it breaks the elements sometimes, but like because it's mostly set in the house and like you know you get a lot of horror films where it's like oh the ghost is in the house, so it's haunting it's haunting them while they're there. When they sort of go elsewhere, they feel safe, and you and you can almost expect as an audience member not to see anything there. Um, something haunting on the hill, hill House does it breaks that often, so like you'll have these safe. It, it, it makes you feel like the characters are never safe. Same with it; it does it a lot, um, and this film does it as well. Like the idea that you know he sees this like ghoulish figure a lot, and then the hooded figure on the moors like the idea that you are i mean i suppose you could say the moors are quite isolating because they're quite vast and there's no one around but considering you're still like out in the open and he's traveling around the country and you're still having this like lurking thing it is it's another great thing i think horrors do and what this really pulls off which is making you constantly afraid for the character like because you i think I was, I was listening to um alana pierce actually she has a podcast the the game journalist she has like a podcast with like Troy Baker and a few other people. She was talking about like um, Resident Evil. I know obviously you've played it, Matt. Um, but she said that what makes good horror for her is the safety rooms, like the rooms where you know you can almost reset and take a breath. And for me, they're the ones that I'm like, now nah, I like when horrors really put you on edge because they, 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 <laughs> nowhere you is never safe. Feel safe. Yeah, it's like you, and like you get safety in, excuse me, in the places that you don't normally expect it but again you never know it's going to be a safe thing you ca- you can't read the room like you can with certain horrors where you know if like a certain uh use you know score is coming in that we're probably not going to get a monster in this point or yeah you know you there's certain filmic tropes that do things that make you go we're all right now like now's the time to not be on edge when the music kicks back in and and we see a dark hallway that's when to get tense again but films that break that and and really almost don't respect it they're just like we're never gonna let you feel safe it's like that's that's kind of what i want from a horror film and this does it really well of just being like i i never i never don't feel tense watching this and like i i do really enjoy horrors like that that make you just go i am scared for an hour and a half and that like two hours and that's it. I'm I'm just scared the entire time watching it, and I think it's so good. Yeah, really, really is a triumph. I think. Yes. Uh, to go back to your point, go from saying like you kind of felt a bit dissatisfied by the end of the film because you were so invested mm-hmm. in those like three kind of stories. Like I'm kind of thinking, like I don't know where they would have taken. Do you know what I mean? If this hadn't been the ending, oh, like, I'm, I'm, I I'm completely like, agree. Do you know what I mean? Because because <laughs> yeah. all throughout the film, I was like, I'm enjoying this, and like it's a really clever way to incorporate three different completely different types of horror without it feeling forced or sort of like cabin in the woodsy where it's almost jokey like look at all these different types of horror we've got here Mm. like it's a really clever way to do it like him investigating each one and just seeing the story so we experienced three very different types of horror but i remember sitting there just going like okay okay how is this going to end because i was like well either Mm. he's going to go what he's going to sit down and go Maybe it was real, or he's going to sit down and go, "Nah, I still don't believe it." This is at this and explain it all mm. away. And it's such like a strange thing because I remember watching it being like a lot of films nowadays. You know, they don't surprise you. You don't. You don't kind of. You can even and even if they do surprise you, you kind of have an idea of where they're going to end, and then it's nice when they go, "Oh, it didn't end where I thought it was going to end." But I always kind of have an idea of where I think it's this is going to mm. end and like it's kind of like Parasite the film like when we spoke about that in the film called like you just have no idea where that film's going to go like and you're not sat yeah. there going this is what I think is going to happen and I, it, it was kind of similar with this for me I was sat there going I'm enjoying this I'm liking it you know the horror bits are really good but I have no like, I don't know how this film's going to end because ha- like the, the, there seems to be two endings he either goes yes some of it's real or he goes no it's all rubbish and either one feels a bit fake kind of thing do you know what I mean? if it did yeah. like that doesn't it and I, and I was like when it wrapped up i was like okay yeah that's incredible because i didn't see any of that come in i didn't even have an it mm. didn't even avert my expectations because i didn't have any expectations because i felt like i couldn't do throughout the film sort of thing which i think is really really good as well because it keeps you so in, engrossed and engaged and 
like actively watching it rather than just going, well, I think I know where this is going, so I'm going to sit back a little bit and just kind of take it in. That's a really good point, actually, because <clears throat> I think maybe that's... Like, I think that's part of it as well, is I was really excited... <clears throat> excuse me. I was really excited to see how this would end, like, how it would wrap up, because, I, again, I was like, I don't know what they're going to do here. Um, but because I'd heard it was really good, because I'd sort of, like... You know, I was I was really feeling what they were putting out there, vibe wise and, and things like that. I was like, I'm really interested to see how they wrap this all together. Um, and again, I was sort of seeing that through. It'll probably be like a supernatural thing. So the fact that it wasn't supernatural, again, just I I still really enjoyed it, but it was something that I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Like yeah. it feels almost like supernatural stuff being explained away by mental illness is it's done really well. But it obviously it then takes away the supernatural element yeah, yeah. of it, you know. And like that's the thing I was like, I was sort of hoping to see what in what way are they gonna the honor the the law sort yeah. of that they've like, established. Yeah. How are all these gonna also, come together, sort of thing? Exactly, yeah. But I think that's also the thing as well, which is like, in a lot of ways, it might have saved itself mm. in that way. Because again, I don't know how they would have ended it, and part of me was looking forward to seeing how this really well written thing did did tie together. Um, but that's like the thing that a lot of horrors do, and I think like it's my criticism of horror in general as a genre, for the mainstream, is, and I think a lot of people feel this way, is that they never like it's so hard to stick the landing, like it's so hard yeah. to, to, like you you build up all this tension and you do so much groundwork and and sort of like it feels like all the heavy lifting is done in the first and second act, and a lot of horror films sort of fall at the last hurdle just because they, they either try too much I, I, I'm going to take an example from like The Nun, so sorry for spoilers of The Nun if anyone's like a con- Conjuring fan um, but I watched uh, The Nun fairly recently and like that's a really creepy film and like even The Conjuring 2 where like I think The Nun is introduced as a character it's like really creepy uh, you know, actually no I'll use The Conjuring 2 so spoilers for Conjuring 2 uh, but like, it's like that's a film that it, it, like that has one of the most interesting shots in a horror film I've ever seen. I remember my friend describing it to me, and it made me watch it the next day because like I was a bit like avoiding the Conjuring series because I thought they were just all very Hollywoody type horrors. But there's a really interesting shot where because it's set in Britain as well and it's set on real life accounts because it's I forget what they're called, but it's um particular haunting that happened in London in the seventies. And uh, the the lead characters going investigating it all actually happened like you know these it's based on these actual investigators that went to you know cases and stuff. But what they have is this really int- and I re- the thing was as well I, I was really scared of that film because um, it was like an actual thing I'd heard of when I was a kid and like seen actual footage of and it shit me up and I was like oh my god this is terrifying and this happens in England no way. Um, so yeah no but like there's a really interesting shot where like it's about a girl being possessed by an old man uh, who lives in the house. And there's a really interesting shot of like Patrick Wilson, I think uh, that the guy plays night owl. Yeah, I just, I just, um... I thought I just pictured Owen Wilson then for some reason. I don't know why. I was like... <laughs> um, but it's like him. And like, they say, Oh, well the ghost won't talk to you if you're looking at him. And so the little girl sits in his chair, like the ghost, like his name's Bill sits in his chair and Patrick Wilson turns away, so the focus leaves, like, it's so out of focus for her. And then you so look, slowly see her morph into the shape of an old man, Ooh. but the colours don't change. Um, like, it is just a slow distortion of, like, the shape of an old man sitting there. And it happens over this, like, interview that's about two, three minutes long. It's really clever. But then again, it's stuff like that. I'm like, you put work into making this a really interesting horror film. And then the ending is just CGI nun gets exercised by all these weird things flipping around oh. and like people being like dragged into like a wind tunnel and I'm like it's just so polished and Hollywood and like see that's where you don't stick landing and yeah. it's, I think it's like John Carpenter who said like if you're gonna show the monster make like yeah. it's real like make it scary yeah. like if you're gonna if you're gonna do it make it really scary but sometimes it's showing more and over expo- sort of over exposition and sort of explaining how things work often really ruin horror films yeah i, I suppose it's that it that's it though isn't it? like for two-thirds of the film it's just this mystery and it's intriguing mm. it's creepy and by nature like people are really interested in mysteries and kind of you get to the end and 
you can either just make it like as you say just a cgi mess or like it kind of like do you want it explaining do you not want it explaining because it's like people want an explanation but then when you just say well it's just a demon isn't it and then it's like oh is that mm. do you know what i mean it, 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 it's kind of a thing of the genre I presume like that it's very hard to have a really really satisfying ending within a horror film because people want the explanation but it must be really hard to make it a really because at the end of the day the explanation is it's just a ghost or it's a paranormal thing and that's yeah. kind of innately not overly satisfying I suppose um which I find quite yeah. interesting because and it must be why a lot of horrors probably are a bit naff because they're just like yeah nuns in it. And, and, and do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like the explanation for the whole film. People are like, all right, okay, then cool. As I, I think I said it in like one of our previous episodes, but the horrors that I'm most attracted to, and I think a lot of I think a lot of people are are character, excuse me, character driven. Like it's this, it, it's the idea of it's a story about something else being wrapped in the foil that is horror. You know what I mean? Like you have horror tropes and. Haunted on Hill House is a series about trauma and family and, yeah. and all this. Uh, um, you know, I suppose you could say again, this is a film about trauma. And I do. I think a lot of horror films play on the idea of a character's trauma, but it's almost like I think it's often done in a way where it's like the demon knows what you did and it's using it to manipulate you <laughs> and make you scared. And it's but it's not actually like the character dealing with trauma. Like, yeah, yeah. And this again is one of those examples of a film that is going. The trauma is the thing. Yeah. The trauma is the thing that is creating the horror. Yeah. It's on the guilt. Um, yeah. And with all these horror tropes and the ideas of ghouls and ghosts and things like that, they are the scary thing. And I suppose that again that brings it back to reality, where you know if you aren't someone who believes. You know, obviously there's skepticism a lot of time. And like, I watch, there's a series on Netflix called Haunted, and they do a really good job of sort of being like a non-bias take on it, where it's like people's real life accounts of like hauntings and things like that. But what they do really well is they they they, they often have people who have explained traumatic events in their life. So it almost like everyone who's had these uh, events happen to them have had some form of trauma so even as like you're watching it and it's framed in a very spooky way as an audience member you can go they're probably experiencing that because they've had this trauma in their lives and like that's exactly what this film is where it's like and that's what he's trying to do is go you're experiencing this because you've had some form of trauma like you say it's about your relationship with your daughter it's about you know guilt in regards to you know your wife and things like that and it's like all these things are framed and then obviously ultimately it is about him these trauma and i think they're the best horrors because horror is real life what we need to establish is that life is shit and it's horror it's scary horrible. uh it, it's just horrible to be alive it's a horrible thing <laughs> that's a joke please don't please don't say that but then if you kill yourself you end up in locked in syndrome so you know yeah, there's exactly. no escape is what we're saying there is no escape even if you try and kill uh, yourself there is no escape it will come is, back that around is the duali- to that is the duality of life can I just um, say before we wrap up? Um, can we can we establish a, a lighter note as well? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm gonna. That's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm good doing. Joke. Good joke. I had a very smooth segue into something very wholesome. Okay. Um, so we um, did a podcast on this two and a half years oh, yeah, ago. I remember this year. Um, and we tweeted out saying, "Absolutely love ghost stories." Uh, last night we'll be discussing it on our next podcast, along with Annihilation, also very good. Uh, film. Very good. Um, and then Andy Nyman himself. Uh, replied to it saying so pleased spoiler free chat I pray uh, and then a little kiss on the end oh so that was nice wasn't really it nice. Yeah. I think you have told me that before and I completely forgot about that that's really nice tag him yeah, in this nice. and be like it's been out two Andy. years so we've spoken about it with spoilers but I hope spoilers are okay now two, two and a half years later Andy <laughs> um, um, yeah, but yeah that was a good, good way to end it, isn't yeah. it? very nice yeah. the posters as well I, I've just seen the poster that I put on the, the thing with this uh, tweet the posters are really I kind of want one for my room is it I've not they're seen they're really it, good the artwork for the posters are really good yeah give them a googs um that'll stuff. probably do it and everyone said everything they want to say yeah. good film though I like Very it a lot I, I liked it a lot more than I remembered I liked it which is always nice mm. um, and I remember liking it, it a lot even though we spoilt it, go watch it if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's still a very, very good film. I, you know what I've got to say though, the ghost stuff, like the poster where it's like the all the hands coming in and everything. Like I didn't realize it's a bit like a Rorschach print as well, which is mm. pretty good. Um, I didn't notice that at first that it's a bit like a Rorschach. Um, but also, 
it does remind me of like some other British horror film posters that are like comedies. Like, and I'm a bit like, ah, okay. <laughs> but like, yeah, some of them are fantastic. Like, some of them are genuinely really, really good. Yeah, go watch it. Yeah, we got a lot of feedback on this tweet actually, which is, um, which is nice. Um, yeah, next, I think next time we were going to do the orphanage as we as we mentioned, but it may may or may not exist. Yeah, in so this reality, I have a couple of ideas. So um, I won't talk about them in case we don't commit to so, a particular one. Yeah, That's, I was just going to say the witch because I've seen that recently. I, I would, I would, wouldn't mind watching that. So I don't mind. So we'll do the witch. Okay, yeah, let's do the witch for the uh, we'll for the last the episode. Witch. Um, that'll be out at some point and then next season I was thinking we should do Christmas films for our next season that sounds about because yeah. I sounds about right. why it's why? Christmas <laughs> nearly Christmas isn't it I think. what's the point Christmas is cancelled um, <laughs> I know my film already for that so I'm pretty excited oh, the holiday um, yeah uh, no it's the night the night before if anyone's seen that you've no. seen it Matt no I've not watched it no no I don't think I've seen it. It's it's really good. Like it, I mean, it's not like really good, but it's like it's a film that I've just no idea how people don't watch it, and it's now like our Christmas film that we watch. And it's um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, Seth Rogen, and Anthony Mackie. <gasps> I have seen it. It's really oh, it's good. Brilliant. It's yeah, a banger. It's brilliant. Yeah. Like it's not Absolutely like it's not anything amazing, good. but I just it's really like kind of wholesome, <laughs> and there's an amazing cameo in it that I will not spoil, but it's amazing. Yeah. It is. It is. It is an absolutely wonderful. You know what? I'm I'm not I'm gonna talk about it off thing, but it's really good. It's, it's a really Christmas good. film for like actual normal adults that isn't <laughs> yeah. like romantic or for children, <laughs> which is kinda of yeah. why I like it. Um it, and it promotes non toxic masculinity. Yeah, really it good. does, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's that's what we've got coming up. We've got some Twitch stuff going on, going on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash real film. Um that's probably about it for now. Yeah, uh, YouTube Arab. same. Yeah. Same. Get us on the socials, share and like this if you have enjoyed it. Um, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.